happy weekend to all you folks that might be listening to this. This is O Wounded Head, now sacred. I am her Wounded Head bringing you the Friday podcast edition of O Wounded Head, now sacred. This is my podcast ponderings and musings of what's coming up this weekend. And I'm excited today because we have a new, some people have been giving feedback on the podcast over the last week and a half or two weeks, I guess it's been about, we need to add some music. So we have some music. That song you heard in the intro was, I'm on my way from Dakota Road Music. Larry Olson gave us permission to use Dakota Road Music in their podcast. So that's what we'll be featuring along the way. And I just want to give a shout out to Dakota Road Music. They've been uh, very instrumental to me in my faith formation as I was working at camp and learning how to play the guitar and lead music in such a way they mentored me in a way and showed me that that these gifts that were cultivated while I worked at camp were necessary and needed, but they just sort of, I don't know, coached or accompanied. I'm not really quite sure what the word would be, but they were very instrumental in, in helping me see how we can lead worship in a faithful way and use it to express ourselves and to express our joy in Christ and in God and in faith. And camp is just a, a wonderful place to be. If you've never been to a camp, I mean, I worked at Lutheran's Outdoors in South Dakota 30 years ago now, and it was a great place for me to create and cultivate, um, you know, just my spirituality and my faith in Christ and in God and hopefully help some people along the way while that happened. But Dakota Road Music was instrumental in that with Larry Olson and uh, Hans Peterson and and David Lee Brown at that time. And also James Hirsch was a part of that. If you've never heard of James, he's uh, a wonderful guitarist and was also instrumental in bringing me around to what has now become pastoral ministry. So I give thanks to them and thanks to Larry for letting us use some Dakota Road music. All right, well, we'll continue on with the uh, ponderings for this Sunday on the gospel text. The gospel text comes from Luke chapter 8, 26 through 39. And that is sometimes called the uh, Gerasene Demoniac, which I have to say is my personal favorite miracle. Someone had asked when I was in seminary, I think it was a seminary professor, and they asked, if you could witness live and in person one miracle of Jesus in in uh, the Gospels, what would it be? And this was the one that I would want to see. I think some of that comes from my working with pigs or swine when I was in high school with my uh, my friend and mentor, Bill Fargo. But we have pigs, right? It's, it's seen as the unclean animal. It's the thing that, you know, a, a good Jewish person wouldn't want to be around. So you can tell that they're in an obviously Gentile area in Luke. And we have this man who has been besieged by demons. And... In the story, Jesus had just calmed the sea while everyone else was freaking out. And Jesus comes out and calms the storm. And we're very familiar with that story, but sometimes we're not very familiar 
with this one. And I think this story mirrors what had just happened. But in this case, I would say that it gets a little more particular and personal. We have a man who's been besieged by demons and beset by unclean spirits. So demons is more of a, a Greek or Gentile way to look at it. And unclean spirits is more of the Jewish way to look at it. But Luke says that there are so many demons, in fact, that he refers to, uh, the man refers to himself as legion, which if you can kind of mirror that with, a Roman military force of over 6,000 people was a legion. So you have that in the territory too, uh, a Roman-occupied area. So we have this man who's been besieged by demons, and the town keeps him at arm's length. They have him shackled. Sometimes he gets away, goes, runs out into the wild. And some people over time have demythologized this a little bit and saying that the demon possession is probably more of a mental illness type of thing. You know, there are things that we didn't understand that we know now today could have been some form of mental illness. But I want to be careful with that as we look back and maybe project some of our knowledge onto the biblical story to, to sort of leave it as kind of a mystery. And I want to maintain that mystery of, of spirits that are around us. We have to see that the man, even though he's besieged by demons and possessed, he's not really hurting anybody, right? So it's not a horror movie type of thing. It's just that he's, his behavior is very disturbing in a way. So I want to hang on to the mystery a little bit. I'm not really quite sure what to do with it or how to explain it. But one of the stories that when we had talked about this at Augustana, when I went there, one of my professors, teachers, mentors was Dr. Martin Brokenleg. And we were talking about spirits and things like that in, in the world. And he spoke about, which I was unfamiliar with, he spoke about this spirit called Chauntila. And Chauntila are these little, little creatures, kind of like trolls or, you know, things like that. Not really a troll. It's more of a, not really quite sure, an elf type thing. And he said, those are, those are around. And he completely believed it. And he said, somebody's laughed, you know, I'm sure I laughed. And we sort of questioned his uh, understanding of that. And he said, well, if you're having trouble sort of picturing that, have you ever been walking around and you see something out of the corner of your eye and you look to see what that thing was and there's nothing there? And we were like, well, yeah. And he goes, that's Chauntila. So it made me think, just made me think a little bit. I, I like to hold that mystery up that there's a possibility, and I've heard people tell too many stories in my time of ministry about, about weird things that they've encountered or things that they've experienced, like angels and spirits and things like that. So I want to I hang on to that a little bit. And yeah, maybe it was mental illness, and we'll talk a little bit about that um, this Sunday. But I, I just I want to leave that mystery still there for us about spirits.
So moving on to the man who was possessed, the town has effectively removed this man from the community. Like we said, he was shackled. He's living in the tombs, which would be an awful place to live, living in the, in the caves with a lot of, you know, bodies there. That's it's pretty disturbing to leave somebody out there. He didn't have any clothes, which also I think is an interesting note in Luke. I'm not really quite sure what it means or what to do with it at this point, but usually if something's put in scripture, it's there for a reason. So what that might mean right now, I'm not sure. I'll try to dig into it and see if I can come up with an answer. But like I said earlier, the man seems to be pretty harmless. He's not really hurting anybody and he has an encounter with Jesus and the man and the spirits, the demons know who Jesus is. And they have this encounter, they have this conversation, and Jesus restores this man in a remarkable fashion, drives the demons out into the swine, and the swine, the demons, rather than wanting to be cast into the abyss, as the scripture tells us, they are cast into the swine or the pigs. And then the pigs jump off a cliff and die. It's just a fantastic type of image. I mean, that's that's what I would want to see. I'm like, how? How does that happen? I mean, what how amazing is that 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 would have would have gone on? That's that's something I really would have want to see have seen. But anyway, when this happens, the swine herds, which I think is a great word, the swine herds or shepherds, swine herds, people who take care of the pigs, they run off. And the townspeople come, and they were left afraid, and they ask Jesus to leave. That's the whole town's response to seeing this miracle, is that they ask this man to leave. Phone's ringing. I'm going to let it ring if you hear that. Um, but yeah, the town, the whole town says to leave after witnessing or hearing what had happened. Jesus gets back on the boat and he's starting to go. But the man who was formerly possessed wants to go with Jesus. And Jesus says, go and be a witness to all that God has done for you. But the man goes and he tells everybody about all that Jesus had done for him when he had been commanded to talk about what God had done. And I think that's an interesting Note that those two things are, are switched. We just came off of Trinity Sunday where we talk about God in three persons. So we have God and the Son here. But I think maybe this is a precursor for what gets Jesus into trouble down the road. Is that people talk about Jesus as God, which we believe, but people at that time didn't really have that theological understanding of the three-in-one and how these things all encounter. So I, I want to spend some time with that, but I also want to spend some time with what does it mean for a town or a whole community to have this one man who seems completely harmless on the outskirts of town, completely cast off, 
and removed from society. And what does Jesus do? Well, we'll talk about that on Sunday. Thanks for listening to O Wounded Head, Now Sacred. I'm going to leave you with a prayer today. And this prayer comes from St. Bernard of Clairvaux. And it's the beginning of the end of his prayer called To the Feet. Or to the knees, excuse me. Here's the prayer. O Jesus, King of saints, I worship thee. O hope of sinners, hail, I rest on thee. True God, true man, thou hangest on the tree transfixed with quivering flesh and shaking knees. A criminal esteemed, I worship thee. I have no other love, dear Lord, but thee. Thou art my first and last. I cling to thee. It is no labor, Lord. Love sets me free. Then heal me, cleanse me, let me rest on thee. For love is life, and life is love in thee. Hope you all have a great weekend, and a happy Father's Day to all the fathers up there, and father figures, and those who have been mentors for all of us along the way. God's blessings on your weekend, and have a fabulous Friday. On my way. I'm on my way. I'm on my way.